Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, July 18th, 2019, from the Beantown, USA studio. Beantown, USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, it is in the news once again. David Price versus Dennis Eckersley is once again the main event at Fenway. And once again, it's David Price's fault. This guy is just, you know, he sounds like an absolute clown right now. And this is stemming from an encounter on the Red Sox plane two years ago in 2017, in which David Price confronted Dennis Eckersley for criticisms that Eckersley had, not even about David Price, but about a teammate of his, and you could say, well, David Price is just sticking up for a teammate, but Dennis Eckersley still didn't even say anything that bad to begin with. Well, Dennis Eckersley said something in a Boston Globe feature story in the Boston Globe magazine. I think that'll be released this weekend, but it's online right now. It's, it's online before the magazine is released, and there's a quote from Dennis Eckersley from that David Price, or or he's asked about that plane incident with David Price two years ago, and Eckersley had something to say about it, but he didn't really have anything that bad to say about it, and yet David Price still feels the need to to crush Dennis Eckersley. It just, it makes no sense, and David Price is dead wrong. I'm going to play you the audio of David Price, of what he had to say on Wednesday, uh, before Wednesday night's Red Sox game against the Blue Jays, David Price, he must have called reporters over to him in the middle of the room. I don't know. why. I mean, right? I mean, why else Why else are we talking to David Price yesterday on Wednesday? Why is David Price talking to the media yesterday? Is there another reason other than the Dennis Eckersley stuff? And why are you even talking about the Dennis Eckersley stuff? Dennis Eckersley didn't even say anything bad about you. Again. Ever. I don't know that Dennis Eckersley has ever said anything bad about David Price on the record. Okay? But I'll play the audio of what Price had to say. And once again, David Price is dead wrong, and he sounds like a clown. He sounds like an absolute clown. He sounds like uh, an eight-year-old kid. Like, it, it's, it's hilarious. And I'm listening to this audio again this morning and, and putting it in the system here in my studio. To, to play it on this podcast today. And like, I still, I can't even believe it. I can't believe it. And it's two years later. And don't blame this on the media. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, I'll get to that in just a moment. Also today, outside of that, I'm going to talk about the Celtics introducing Kemba Walker and Ennis Cantor. They did that yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, and Danny Ainge had some interesting things to say about Kyrie Irving. But I think the most interesting thing that Danny Ainge has had to say about Kyrie Irving, came this morning, on this Thursday morning, on 98.5 The Sports Hub here in Boston, 98.5 FM, on the Toucher and Rich morning show. Danny Ainge is a regular guest on that show, and Ainge had some things to say about what Kyrie Irving told him back in March and April. I'll tell you what that is. I even uh, took some of the audio from that conversation with Toucher and Rich, and uh, I will play that on this show today and react accordingly. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. 
And the British Open has begun. You can pick six golfers for single round showdowns. Just for a single round. You can go on the DraftKings app, pick six golfers, and just follow the action live on your DraftKings app. This is simple, and you don't even have to watch the tournament. But if you are going to watch the tournament, if you are going to watch the British Open this weekend, you might as well make it a little more exciting for yourself by putting in a British Open DraftKings team. Again, you'll only pick six golfers. Stay under the salary cap that DraftKings gives you, and you can do it for free by signing up with my promo code PICK, P-I-C. Sign up, use the promo code, download the DraftKings app. Again, promo code PICK, P-I-C, to play for free. DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, July 18th, as I send you into the weekend. Uh, I think that everybody's week is now going better than Rory McIlroy, who (laughs) just literally just shot a quadruple bogey. Eight. He shot an eight on the first hole of the British Open. Rory McIlroy is the favorite to win this tournament. He shot an eight on a pop four to begin. So he begins the British Open as the favorite with a quadruple bogey. So, um, I think everybody's... Everybody's weekend is getting off to a better start. Everybody's week is off to a better start than, than Rory McIlroy, and I get it. We're, we're finishing the week, but you get what I'm saying. This is when uh, the golfer's week officially begins on Thursday morning when they begin a tournament, and the British Open has begun. I already gave it a DraftKings read and told you what's going on there. Let's get to business. David Price, Dennis Eckersley. Um, this is why the David Price stuff is a reminder to me like, this, is, this should serve as a reminder to everybody in New England as to why we love the Patriots. And if you're outside New England or outside of Boston and you, you're wondering why we love the Patriots so much, not just because they win championships, but they do it really with, and I guess I say as little drama as possible. And some of that drama with the Patriots has, was, has been created by Outside sources, right? The whole Seth Wickersham report, uh, Deflategate. Outside sources have really created most and probably all of the Patriots drama in in recent history. Um, But the David Price stuff, where this is not a media creation, and I'm going to get into... Some people have tried to say the the David Price-Dennis Eckersley stuff, the fact that this is coming up again two years later. Some people are trying to say this is a media creation. It... It really isn't. It really isn't because this would have been a pretty easy thing to not even comment on if you're David Price. But the David Price stuff is a reminder of why we love the Patriots in this town. Do you think a New England Patriot... Like, think about that. If this situation with David Price and Dennis Eckersley, if this was a Patriots player and a football broadcaster, do you think a New England Patriots player would be calling the the media over to himself at Gillette Stadium? before practice, after practice, and start talking about that broadcaster and how well, he's got no friends, he's got no teammates that want to talk talk about him nicely. Uh, do you think any Patriots player would ever do that? No, they wouldn't. And I just wish, just once, that David Price would try and make an attempt to take a page out of the Patriots playbook, which is just keep your mouth shut. It's really not that big a deal what X said. And if you're not caught up, and even if you are caught up, but you want to quickly go over the timeline again, well, two years ago, 
Dennis Eckersley, as I mentioned in the intro, he said something. What did he say? Yuck. I don't even know. But we know Dennis Eckersley is an outspoken dude as a color commentator for Red Sox broadcast on Nesson. He is. He's an outspoken guy. I think that's what makes him so entertaining because he doesn't really have a filter. I think it's refreshing because he's kind of thinking what we're thinking at home, and yet he says it. And it's perfect. Most of the time, it's perfect. Okay? And it's entertaining. Um, I think we can all agree that baseball could use some more entertainment, right? So Dennis Eckersley, to me, is not just a breath of fresh air in the booth, but he's also somebody that, in my opinion, because of his entertaining style, is one of the best in the business because he also knows what he's talking about because he's a Hall of Famer, for crying out loud, something that I think David Price usually forgets. So Dennis Eckersley, he never even really said anything that bad about the Red Sox two years ago, but yet David Price felt the need on the team plane to confront them. I've already gone on rants on this. I've told you, I told you at the time, David Price was dead wrong. And uh, he's dead wrong once again. And the reason this is coming up once again is because Chad Finn of the Boston Globe wrote a, a feature story on Dennis Eckersley in the Boston Globe magazine, which you can read online right now. I actually tweeted out the link this morning, knowing that I was going to talk about this story. And you go to, you click the link, you go to the story, right when you, you open the page, it's a big picture of Eck in a shirt and tie, standing on the field at Fenway. You know, it's a side shot of him. He's smiling. And the headline is, I got lucky, man. It's a quote from Eckersley. He says, I got lucky, man. The headline continues, Dennis Eckersley on surviving his tough times. The outspoken Red Sox broadcaster and Hall of Famer talks about getting through his worst moments and why baseball has never lost its joy. That's the headline. If you read the story, it's a great story. You know, it's talking about Dennis Eckersley, um, you know, how he still loves the game of baseball right now. It talks about his broadcasting style, which I just mentioned, which he has no filter. It gives a couple examples, a couple cool stories. You know, Don Osillo had to tell him to to maybe rein it in a little bit uh, when he when he said there was a, a guy that was fat and and stunk. Like I, you know, we know what X says. Like I don't need to remind you of that. And and I'm sure there are guys that yet that that might not like that you know, on the field. You know, there are guys that, that probably hear it and go, what's, you know, why is this guy, why is this guy so, uh, you know, why can't he dial it down a little bit? You know, why does he have to go after guys like that? He's a former player. He should know. I'm, you know, there's, there's players that think that. David Price is obviously one of them, but this story goes into that entertaining style that Eck has, uh, which I think he's just being open and honest about what he sees on the field. It also gets into... Uh, you know, his days with alcohol as a player and when he got traded from what Cleveland to the Red Sox and found out that his wife at the time wanted a divorce and she wanted to marry uh, uh, somebody who was his teammate with Cleveland. And, it, it you know, and, and then how he was partying at Daisy Buchanan's and, and, and he didn't like the guy that he saw in the mirror because of the, the alcohol stuff and he went sober. It's a great story, okay? And, and it gets into how Eck is now as a broadcaster, and he loves the game of baseball. It's a great story. I still don't know, 
as I'm recording this show on Thursday, a day after David Price has once again spoken out about Dennis Eckersley and crushed Dennis Eckersley, I still don't know if David Price has even read this fucking story yet. I, in fact, if I had to put money on it, I would say he has not read it. He certainly didn't read it before he talked to the media yesterday. He certainly didn't read it before he started tweeting out. He's, he was tweeting before he talked to the media yesterday. This is so ridiculous. All of this is so ridiculous, it's not even funny. It, it, it's just, it's avo- it was avoidable. David Price, here's why this is not a media creation, okay? It's not a media creation because Dennis Eckersley, in this story, was asked about the David Price situation. He was asked about it. And, you know, if you read the story, you can tell how it flows. It's got to be, it's got to be brought up because it's about his style as a broadcaster and how at times he can maybe rub some players the wrong way. And when he's asked about it, it's not like Eckersley brings it up. He's asked about it. And when he's asked about it, here's what Dennis Eckersley has to say. And I'm reading from the, from the Globe story. Eckersley says, quote, and again, he's asked about the plane incident two years ago in which David Price, you know, and, and he basically, he, wa- he walks up to Dennis Eckersley on the plane and he starts chirping him, right? He's, he, just, he just starts going after Dennis Eckersley for criticizing the Red Sox on the, the Red Sox broadcast, which again, the criticism wasn't even all that bad. Wasn't really anything to get too worked up about, but David Price got worked up about it and he decided to, what some people call an ambush by David Price. I told you, it was, it was pretty weak. Pretty weak move on David Price's part. And uh, I think David Price was dead wrong, but, but Eck was asked about this for this story. And here's what Eck said in this story. Quote, I didn't know how to deal with that. I don't plan on saying a word to him. I don't plan on seeing him. Never. Broadcasters now board the plane before the players. I don't really give a shit one way or another. I don't think he really cares one way or the other. End quote. Now, if you had read that quote before you heard any response from David Price, before you heard from David Price at all, if you heard that quote from Eck, I'll read it to you again one more time. Quote, this is Eck in the Globe magazine story when asked about uh, the David Price plane incident. X says, quote, I didn't know how to deal with that. I don't plan on saying a word to him. I don't plan on seeing him. Never. Broadcasters now board the plane before the players. I don't really give a shit one way or another. I don't think he really cares one way or the other. End quote. I mean, what did Dennis Eckersley really say about David Price? He just said, I don't plan on saying a word to him. I don't plan on ever seeing him again. He basically, he basically responds to the question about the plane incident by saying he doesn't care anymore and he's, and he's sure Price doesn't care anymore and it, 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 what happened, happened, it's over. I don't plan on talking to him and I don't plan on seeing him and um, I don't think he cares one way or the other either. It's basically what Eckersley said. 
Did he take any shots there at David Price? Somebody read that quote in the Globe magazine story and tell me where Dennis Eckersley took any shot at David Price. Can somebody find that part for me? Because that's the part I'm missing. That's the missing piece in all this. That's the missing piece. What, what shot did Eck take at Price? Because I'm missing that. It's not there. But David Price saw something different. Or did he see anything at all? David Price just read a headline on Twitter and decided to go off on Twitter. Here's David Price's first response on Twitter yesterday on Wednesday. He actually, he's tweeting to people. He's not even, I don't even think he was putting it out to the public. He was just replying to people. His first one, he replied to someone. He said, quote, I had a meeting set up to apologize to him and he backed out that day. Get your facts right. End quote. So Price tells some random troll on Twitter that he had a meeting set up to apologize to Eck. You got to set up, first of all, you got to set up the meeting. You can go find Eck if you want to find him. You know, you know where he is. Like this isn't, you got to set that up. How about you just get his number and you call him? Just shoot him a text. I don't know. But Eck didn't even really say that. Eck didn't come out and say he wanted to speak the price or price wouldn't speak to him. That's not what Eck said. That's not what Eck, Eck just said. I don't care anymore. And I'm sure he doesn't care either. Well, he was wrong about the part where Price cares. Price obviously does care because he's, he's, he's tweeting at people on, on Twitter about it. Then Price tweets to somebody else. Again, this is a reply. This isn't even like he's putting it out there for everybody to see. He's replying to people's tweets. He, re- he, he, he replied to some other troll and said, quote, because Eck needs attention. Same as every broadcast. Ha ha. Eight pitches are thrown. And he's sitting there talking about something he did 30 years ago with zero mention of what's going on. End quote. <laughs> That's David Price talking to people on Twitter about Eck, criticizing the job that Eck does. And I'm convinced at that point, Price still had not read the story. He had not read the story. He was just seeing stuff on Twitter, and he was... He was overreacting to it like a child, like a child. And then here's the good part. Here's the good part. Here's the part where you have to listen to over and over again, just to make sure this is real life. Just to make sure this is a professional baseball player who makes $31 million a year is actually saying this stuff. I, I, like, this is the part. That is just really tough to believe we're even that we've even got to this point with this guy and with this story and with this story. And again, the reason the the reason we're here, this is not a media creation. This is not a media creation because this is easy for David Price. It's pretty easy for David Price to not do this little media session yesterday at Fenway. Right. He does not have to do this. There's no, there is absolutely no need for David Price to even talk to the media yesterday. Never mind, talk about this. If somebody comes up to his locker and they ask him about this situation, all he has to say is, you know what? You read the quote from Eck. He doesn't care about it anymore. You know, he doesn't give a shit one way or another. That's the quote from him. Well, I don't give a shit about it one way or another either. It's over. Go, go talk to someone else. That's all Price has to do. That's what he should have done. Not only did Price talk about it and crush Dennis Eckersley for no reason, he called the media over to the, to, the, to the spot where, like, if you're a starting pitcher, 
And the post-game scrum inside the Red Sox clubhouse, you stand in a certain spot. And that certain spot, you stand there because that's the place where you stand where you know everybody can get to you. That's why they stand you in this spot in front of this TV. If you watch the video of it and it's on Twitter, you know the spot that David Price is standing in. You might see that that's a familiar spot for pitches to stand and talk to the media. Well, that's because when pitchers talk after they after they pitch, after they start games, that's where the starting pitcher post-game stands because, you know, unless they do it at the podium, but if they're not the main story that night and they don't go to the podium, this is the spot they put them in. And the reason they put the player in this spot is because this is where the media, this is where most of the media can get to this person. There's more space here. Well, David Price went to this space, went to this spot in the clubhouse so that everybody could surround him and hear what he had to say. Like he couldn't wait to take these shots at Eck for no reason. <laughs> and and I'm going to play you the first part, which again, it's just, <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. But here's David Price. He calls Eck. He says Eck's comments in the Globe magazine were trash, which they really weren't. They really weren't. It really wasn't a shot at all. And I'm convinced, even at this point, listening to David Price, that he still hadn't read the Globe story. He still hadn't read the quotes from Eck. But yet Price still had something to say. Here is David Price in the clubhouse on Wednesday talking about it. Honestly, I just think it's trash. You know, he... um... He had an unbelievable career, 25 seasons. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I saw his special on MLB Network. It was cool. The one thing that definitely um, stood out to me, he had zero former teammates in that interview. Not one. Talking about him. It was him talking about himself. If anybody ever does a special on me after baseball, I won't need to go on that interview. I will have former teammates. I will have former coaches. They can all vouch for me. He didn't have that. And to me, that is, um, that's all you need to know. That that tells the entire story right there. My teammates will vouch for me. My coaches will vouch for me. He doesn't have that. All right. So, he, first of all, he's wrong, not just because he's going after Eck, but he's wrong because he, he brings up the, the Dennis Eckersley MLB Network documentary, and he says he has no teammates, co- he has nobody talking about him. Now, I didn't see this documentary on MLB Network. But, but people who have seen it, they've responded on Twitter about David Price's comments that you just heard. And they've said, well, David Price is wrong because there were people, teammates and friends of Eck, who did speak on that documentary. And there were even others that I think someone from MLB Network came out and said, well, there were others we interviewed and we didn't play it. And, and so Price is wrong. I guess he didn't, much like he didn't read the entire Globe magazine story, he didn't watch the entire Dennis Eckersley MLB Network documentary on Eck. And I think the funniest part about that, about how David Price brings up the documentary, is that not only does he get it all wrong, and that that's his way of criticizing Eck. He's basically saying, well, I have more teammates that like me than he does. I have more friends than Dennis Eckersley. I'll have, I'll have teammates vouch for me. I'll have coaches get on there and talk about my career when my MLB Network documentary plays after my career. Not only is it childish and hilarious that he's going that route, saying I got more friends and more people like me than they like Eck, but this guy is already planning 
The Red Sox are in a playoff race. They're two and a half, three games out of the wild card hunt. The trade deadline is in a couple weeks. David Price is standing in the Red Sox clubhouse before a Major League Baseball game, calling the media over to him on a night that he's not pitching, and he's telling the world that he is already planning his Major League Baseball Network documentary when his career is over. Again, I, it's, too, it's almost too good to be true. Here's David Price again talking about the MLB Network documentaries. Honestly, I just think it's trash. You know, he, um, he had an unbelievable career, 25 seasons. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I saw his special on MLB Network. It was cool. The one thing that definitely um, stood out to me, he had zero former teammates in that interview. Not one. Talking about him. It was him talking about himself. If anybody ever does a special on me after baseball, I won't need to go on that interview. <laughs> I will have former teammates. I will have former oh, shut, coaches. Shut up. Can oh, I, can't, I, can't even, I can't even listen. It's awkward. It's awkward to listen to. If anyone ever does a special on me, I will have teammates talking about me. I will have coaches talking about me. There will be so many people that love me in my documentary when my career is over. I'll tell you somebody who probably won't be talking about David Price. You know who that won't be? Big Poppy David Ortiz. That's because like we shouldn't be surprised about any of this stuff. Because David Price is a guy in 2014, before David Price came to the Red Sox, David Price called out David Ortiz in 2014. Remember that? Like he called out the legendary David Ortiz, saying he thinks that Ortiz sometimes thinks he's bigger than the game. You know, respect the game. David Price is a clown. And you're seeing it once again. None of this had to happen yesterday. Because Dennis Eckersley, still to this day, has never really said anything about David Price. But yet, David Price feels the need to just crush Eck. With what? Stuff that's not even, fa- it's not even factual. The MLB Network stuff. The, do- the, the fact that you're talking about a documentary on MLB Network, and you're trying to compare... Eckersley's, a Hall of Famer in Dennis Eckersley's documentary that somebody did on him, you're trying to compare that documentary to the one that you're going to have, that they're going to do on you, you think, (laughs) when your career's over. Like, how foolish is this? How foolish is this? The documentary stuff. One more time. The one thing that definitely um, stood out to me, he had zero former teammates in that interview. Not one. Talking about him. It was him talking about himself. If anybody ever does a special on me after baseball, I won't need to go on that interview. I will have former teammates. I will have former coaches. They can all vouch for me. He didn't have that. And to me, that is, um, that's all you need to know. That, that tells the entire story right there. My teammates will vouch for me. My coaches will vouch for me. He doesn't have that. Oh, man. Stop. Stop. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. It's not even funny. Do you think he wakes up today? Do you think Price wakes up today and is like, ah, that that was stupid? (laughs) Well, if he didn't didn't wake up today and thought, well, that was stupid, then maybe he thinks this part of it was stupid because he did something else. He used this forum as a way to defend... Blue Jays starting pitcher, Marcus Stroman. Stroman is somebody that Eckersley recently has criticized 
for, I don't know, his celebrations on the mound. What happened? Stroman was staring into the Red Sox dugout after he struck out Eduardo Nunez, I think. And by the way, Nunez uh, designated for assignment. So uh, he's gone. I don't know if Eduardo Nunez is going to speak on the David Price documentary (laughs) years down the road on MLB Network uh, after this one. But I guess Stroman struck out Nunez, and then Stroman looked into the Red Sox dugout, gave him all a stare, and it was part of his little celebration. I mean, look, it was was harmless, whatever. But, you know, the Red Sox fan in you wants to yell at Stroman and go, look the other way. Walk back into your dugout and shut up. Right? That's just a fan in you. And if you're a competitor, if you're someone in the Red Sox, I guarantee you there were players in that dugout going, what the fuck are you looking at? Look the other way. Keep walking back into your dugout, you clown. Well, David Price didn't feel that way. David Price used his forum yesterday in the Red Sox clubhouse to defend Stroman against Dennis Eckersley. To defend him. This was like a, this reminded me of Dustin Pedroia defending Manny Machado. <laughs> after that situation in Baltimore a couple years ago, right? Which I'll never forget. This is like this is a similar thing. Price and Pedroia is similar people. And and actually, you know, it's funny, you know, Pedroia's name pops into my head because when I go back to that plane incident two years ago, I had people telling me that Pedroia was one of the outside of Price was was also one of the more vocal people on this plane saying something to Eck. That's what I was told. You know, take it for what it's worth. But, um, and I think there's there's other people that know that, that won't tell you that. People in the know know that. People who know about that plane incident know that Pedroia was one of, was also, outside of press, one of the more vocal Red Sox players going after Dennis Eckersley on that plane. Pedroia was one of those guys. So, when you see David Price using this forum to not just attack Eckersley again two years later in the Red Sox clubhouse, but also use it as a way to defend a guy that was staring in the Red Sox dugout after a big Blue Jays strikeout to defend a guy on the other team that was doing something to your team or uh, celebrating against your team, you know, it, it's we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised that Price is doing this because it's similar to, to him and Pedroia, obviously on the same page with a lot of this Eckersley stuff. But but here's David Price talking about <laughs> it's insane. like I can't even I really can't believe we're doing this and that this guy is saying this stuff yesterday or ever. Here's David Price defending Strowman in the process, knocking Eckersley for Eckersley celebrations on the mound when he was a pitcher in Major League Baseball. I mean, have you seen videos of Dennis Eckersley pitching? Have you seen the stuff that he did when he struck somebody out? Really? Like shooting him with a, a finger gun? Stuff like that? Come on. Strowman's out there saying, yelling, yeah? No. He needs to, um, he needs to wake up. He needs to wake up. Finger guns? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. He's out there doing finger guns. He needs to wake up. I have more friends than him. People will talk about me on my documentary. He has nobody that likes him. Meanwhile, all of this is coming from something that Eckersley was asked about 
in a feature that was written about him that talked about some of the hardships in the guy's life that led him to being somebody that has stuck with the game of baseball because he loves it. It's, it's, it's a great story. And yet I'm still convinced that David Price has not even read it yet. And that might be the biggest problem here. He didn't read it. And it is amazing when you do go back to that plane incident two years ago. It's like when we talked about that, I told the price was dead wrong. It's so foolish to even get worked up about that as a major league professional athlete. Nothing really that bad was said. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. Even going back two years ago, and people say, well, why is it being brought up now? Well, it's being brought up because it was sto- there was a story being done on Eck. And the way the story flowed, if you, if you read it, it, it had to be asked. It was asked. And Eckersley didn't really even say anything. He basically said, I don't give a shit about it anymore. And I'm sure he doesn't give a shit about it either. He never attacked Price. In any way, shape, or form, he never attacked Price. Price responded like a child. He sounds like a clown. Again. About this situation. Again. And, you know, I, I don't... Look, I, I've always said it's tough to root for David Price, but I just want him to pitch. I just want him to win. I wrote a column in the Boston Metro this week that's out today on the web in print that, that talks about how it talks about this Price versus X situation from yesterday, but it also gets into, well, the Red Sox have bigger issues. The Red Sox are not asking David Price to hold these impromptu press conferences, reacting to something that he doesn't even need to react about. They're asking him to somehow recapture that dominance that he had last October that helped the Red Sox win a World Series that that probably should have led to David Price being the World Series MVP. He wasn't. He should have been. But all anybody is really asking for from David Price is to pitch the way he's capable of pitching, being a guy that makes $31 million a year in a town... That is, we're spoiled with championships, but it's also made us want more, right? You get a taste of those championships, you want nothing less. And that goes for this year's Red Sox team. They're still in the wild card hunt. You're going to get people the next couple days that are going to say, oh, you got to, now you should sell and trade price. I mean, I'm not there. I'm not doing that. I want David Price to go out in that mound and dominate. Because that's going to help this Red Sox team. They need starting pitching. They just acquired Andrew Kashner. I don't know if that experiment's going to work or not. I mean, it hasn't gotten off to a good start. Nathan Valdi's going to come back. He's going to be in the bullpen. He's going to be the team's closer. But the question is, do you even get to him? <laughs> right? Like, how often are you going to get to him? Well, that's on the starting pitching. Chris Sale. Um, what's he pitching this afternoon? There's an afternoon game at Fenway on this Thursday, July 18th. You know, if he struggles again today, he's going to be put on the injured list. I'm telling you right now. He's going to be put on the injured list. So, David Price has really been, him and Eduardo Rodriguez have been the team's two best pitchers. And uh, still, even that said, I know Price can be better. The Red Sox don't need this. Price doesn't need this. Nobody, Eck doesn't need this. Nobody needs this. And for anybody to say, oh, it's a media creation or Eck 
created this. Eck didn't even say anything about him. He didn't even say anything bad about David Price. This is this is ridiculous. And just for once, I want someone like David Price to take a page out of the Patriots playbook. There's no need to respond to this. And if you do want to respond, you say, well, he said he doesn't give a shit about it. And neither do I. Get out of my face. I'd rather have him say, get out of my face. I got a Fortnite game to play. I'd rather have him say that. He should have. <laughs> but he didn't. I don't even know why you're talking. No one knows why you're talking. I don't know why, since you do got to talk, you got to crush Dennis Eckersley. It's a joke. There are a lot of people in baseball who love Dennis Eckersley. And for David Price to think that that's not the case is just, I mean, he's just dead wrong. Dead wrong. And it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing that you're a current major leaguer making $30 million a year that you would even let this bother you. It's embarrassing. And not only let it bother you, but then let it bother you so much and show your insecurity so much so that you're going to stop telling us. You're going to tell us. The people that, that just, we want you to, do- like this is the thing that David Price doesn't understand. I sit here today, with a, I have a Red Sox hat on, I'm a Red Sox fan, you know it. I'm going to criticize this team more than anybody at any point, at any time when they deserve to be criticized. But what David Price has never understood and there are some guys that come into this town that just don't understand that. I also think Kyrie Irving is one of them. And uh, I'll get to Kyrie in a minute. But all we want you to do is, is play the way you're capable of playing. And we will love you. We will adore you. We will raise your number to the rafters or to, to wherever, you know, up to right field. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying the Red Sox are retiring David Price's number. Um... But if they, well, if they do, it's going to go to someone else, right? Uh, but he cha- did he change the, he changed the number this year, right, David Price? He changed the number? He did. Yeah, we went over that. I think he did. Um, either way, it's whatever. Numbers aside, David Price, all we want you to do is dominate. We know what you're capable of. And we know what you're getting paid, too, by the way. It's a lot. I mean, I say this all the time. You give me, give me $31 million a year for, what, seven years? I, you could say whatever the fuck you want about me. I don't even care if it's true. Say it. Say it. Will I, will I read the tweet? On my yacht? I don't know. I might not even have a phone on my yacht. I might, right? I might be so sunburnt on my yacht that I won't even be able to get up off my, off my nice, uh, recliner on the back of my yacht to even walk over and get the phone to see the tweet that you tweeted about me that doesn't make sense. Like, look, there's just ways to go about this stuff. And, and, and yeah, you do need to, I do need to bring up the money and the fame because, because you shouldn't be bothered by what, like you, you literally should not be bothered by what X said. So much so that I don't even think he read the story. I don't think he read the story. I really don't. I don't think he read the story. But you're going to then, as a pro athlete, come out and start telling us about how one day you're going to get your MLB Network documentary and there's going to be so many people saying good things about you. You're, you're insecure. That, that's basically what it is. He's insecure. He's a child. He's a clown. And, uh, you know, 
it 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 sucks because he is I, I want he's he can be dominant. We saw that last October, but he is so tough to root for. I am getting closer to he is tough to root for, but I'm getting closer to to being someone that just doesn't want to root for him anymore, right? I'm not sitting here today telling you they need to trade him, but I guess what I am telling you today is that if they did trade him, I don't know that I'd be all that upset with it. Depending on the return, depending on the deal, depending on what the rest of the plan is, I do not want the Red Sox to sell. You know, but if they found a a way to get creative in which maybe they swung some type of deal in which they could sell and buy at the same time, that's possible. Multiple deals. You know, you could get prospects. I don't know, maybe a three-team deal. You know? Get your closes somehow. Move Evaldi back to the rotation. Figure what's going on with sale. Figure that out. Um, it, It's just nobody needs this right now. Nobody needs... Nobody needs this. And David Price doesn't need this. He doesn't need to do this. But yet he does. I don't know if he regrets it. I mean, I know if I were him, I'd regret it today. Like, that was just stupid yesterday. That was ridiculous. That was embarrassing. It was. It was embarrassing. And, uh... You know, now it's it's just always, like, it didn't even need to be, this is not a media creation. He didn't have to do that. David Price did not have to do that. Nothing was said that should have made him do that yesterday. But he did it. He chose to do it. He chose to defend himself. People will say that. Well, he's defending himself. Defending himself from what? If you're out there saying Price is defending himself, then I'm going to go out on a limb and say you didn't read the story either. Eck didn't say eh. In fact, I don't think Eck has ever said anything about Price that should have ever, ever, ever resulted in him reacting in any way to Dennis Eckersley. He shouldn't react at all. This should never have been a story. So, the fact that it is, and it is again two years later, that's on David Price. He is dead wrong here. He is dead wrong. It's embarrassing. It really is. But, um, you know, hopefully we can at one point move on from that. But I had to react to it because, you know, I feel strongly about it. I like Eck. I like Eck. And you know what? Eck Eck is a guy I've tried to reach out to him multiple times uh, to get him on this show before that stuff. Before the plane stuff, just to get him on because I think he's entertaining and and I'm a fan of his. And I, I think that me and him would have a good show together. Even if it's just a, a, a one-time show, one-time podcast to get him in studio. And I've reached out to him. Guess what? Dennis Eckersley, Hall of Famer, has responded to me multiple times. So that tells me he's a good dude. Because you, I have a list of people that have never responded to me, that have ignored me, or that have responded to me in a negative way for, for just asking something simple. Okay. Because they're big time in me. I have a list of people. There are a lot of people on that list. Dennis Eckersley is not on that list. And that should tell you, oh, David Price, that tells you all you need to know. No. What I just told you, that tells you all you need to know. Is it the fact that Dennis Eckersley is even responding to somebody like me and giving me polite responses and actually entertaining. He said to me before, a couple years ago, yeah, let's do the podcast. Wait till I'm in town next. Like, now, we ended up not being able to agree to a date that would, would work for both of us, and I'm still working on that, and maybe someday it'll happen. I haven't given up on it. He's never said no, 
and obviously I, I never close the door on it because I want it to happen. But the fact that Dennis Eckersley, Hall of Famer, is even entertaining the idea of, yeah, you know what, I'll come in and help you out. That should tell you all you need to know about Dennis Eckersley versus David Price. All right? That should tell you all you need to know. Um, I'm a fan of Eck. I think he's a good dude. Uh... I think he is being unfairly and has been unfairly attacked for what? Because he's somebody that speaks his mind on the broadcast. I got news for you. We say he speaks his mind, but I guarantee you he he does kind of rein in a little bit. Okay? Like, he could say worse stuff if he really wanted to about certain guys. He could. He could. What he says isn't really all that bad. Isn't really bad at all. Yeah, people get worked up about it. Ugh. Ugh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the players they get worked up about it. It really is. It's embarrassing. It's soft. But, um, anyways, I'm a fan of Eck. I felt the need to get on here and, and, and say something about it. Because, uh, it's, it's a joke. And it's not a joke because Eck has turned this into a joke or has even turned this into anything. David Price has turned this into something. Not the media, not Eck, David Price. And uh, I, I thought what he said yesterday was embarrassing. It really is. It really is. The, the, you know, the the Red Sox are going. The Red Sox will still be here when David Price is is gone. Okay, they will. I mean, this is David Price. He's called out Eck. He's called out David Ortiz. Uh, has he called out anyone else? I'm sure he's called out other people in the past. Like, I. I I just, I, I can't understand. And then he's telling us about the MLB documentary that, that's going to be played for him. Really? Really? That's how you respond to this? Ugh. Ugh. Makes me want to puke. But, um, anyways, you might as well move on, right? At some point, we got to move on. Celtics. <laughs> they had a press conference yesterday, and they introduced Kemba Walker and Ennis Cantor to the team. And... Uh, Danny Ainge had some interesting things to say, and it's, you know, the transition from David Price to the Kyrie Irving comments now is, is it, it can be a pretty smooth transition because we've compared the two in the past as, as being two Boston athletes that are tough to root for uh, because of their personalities. And Kyrie Irving, who's no longer a Boston athlete, is now with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, he chose to opt out and become a free agent which I think we all felt he was going to do. And I've been telling you for a long time that he's as good as gone. Okay? He's as good as gone. And um, he was gone. He, he went to the Brooklyn Nets. Danny Ainge on 98.5 The Sports Hub this morning. He was asked about the Kyrie Irving stuff and to maybe clarify some of his comments during the press conference yesterday on Wednesday. And he said that Kyrie told him in March, in the month of March, that he was thinking about going home. He was thinking about going to Brooklyn. I'll play the audio for you right now. Here's Danny Ainge on Toucher and Rich this morning uh, talking about the conversation he had with Kyrie Irving about free agency last season. But he did, he did express to me on a couple of occasions between... Between March and the end of, that he really wanted to go home, and um, 
you know, I got the impression at that point that he that he wanted to go play in Brooklyn more than he wanted to play in New York. All right. He wanted to go home. He wanted to go to Brooklyn rather than New York. Now, Ainge continued, you know, he he's not saying that Kyrie told him he ruled out the Celtics. He said that, in fact, Ainge had a call back in the Toucher and Rich a little bit later on in the show, moments later, because Toucher and Rich were trying to react to it. And um, Danny Ainge wanted to clarify those comments. But, I mean, you heard what he said. You heard what he said. And I'll actually play it for you one more time. Just, just He can clarify all he wants, but this is what Danny Ainge said about Kyrie Irving. But he did, he did express to me on a couple of occasions between, the, between March and the end of that he really wanted to go home. And, um, you know, I got the impression at that point that he, that he wanted to go play in Brooklyn more than he wanted to play in New York. So the fact that you're telling a sports talk radio show in Boston that you met with Kyrie Irving in March and he told you that he really wanted to go home, that, you know, we're saying a lot of, uh, that should tell you all you need to know today. Well, that should tell you all you need to know about where Kyrie Irving's mind was, where his head was at. Yeah, maybe he's not telling you he's ruled out the Celtics, but deep down inside he has. And I I just think that is confirmation to my theory. And, and, you know, people might be a little naive on this, too. They might hear that and go, wow, Kyrie, he was really leaning towards signing with Brooklyn in March. You know, a little after the trade deadline. But at least he told Danny Ainge, right? Well, my, my, my advice would be don't be so naive about that. Because what this confirms to me, what this says to me, this Danny Ainge quote says to me, is that Kyrie Irving didn't just know he was signing with Brooklyn in that moment, in that meeting with Danny Ainge and Mach, by saying he really wanted to go home. He knew he was signing with Brooklyn in the summer of 2019 when he demanded a trade from the Cavaliers a couple of years ago. He knew. He had this planned out. And I know I told you maybe the plan was that he was talking with LeBron and that he was going to L.A. and playing with the Lakers. Well, if he misses home and he wants to go home, you think that thought just popped into his head in March? Come on. Come on. Kyrie's a smart dude. All he was doing there was basically planting the seed, you know, trying to draw up a little sympathy from Danny Angel. I miss home. I'm homesick. You know what I mean? Kyrie knew. He knew. He knew when he he demanded the trade from Cleveland that he was going to go in the summer of 2019. He was going to Destination X because that's where he's always wanted to go. At first, I told you that was the Lakers. Obviously, that was wrong. No, I still don't rule out that he really did entertain the thought of going to L.A. and playing with LeBron again. But I think that he made up his mind... When he demanded the trade from Cleveland, and by the way, did not put the Celtics on the original trade list, he never really wanted to play in Boston. And, all right, he got traded to the Celtics, and he tried to win, and they didn't win, and he's part of the reason they didn't win, because he sucked in the Milwaukee series and the four losses they had. 
But uh, I just think him telling Danny Ainge and Mach that he really wanted to go home and go to Brooklyn, that's not the first time he thought that. That's the first time maybe he told Danny Ainge that. But it's not the first. Don't be naive. It's not the first time he thought that. And if you think the first time he thought that was because of an argument he had with Brad Stevens earlier in the year, that's not the first time he thought it either. Kyrie never wanted to be a Celtic. He might have portrayed it to be such in commercials, and and people take that stuff literally too. I mean, he gets paid for all this stuff. Come on. Come on. He's a storyteller as well. He directed a movie. He put himself in it as the, in the starring role. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest with ourselves here about Kyrie Irving. He never wanted to be a Celtic. And when he demanded the trade from Cleveland, he obviously had Destination X in his mind in the summer of 2019. He's not going to tell anybody when he first gets traded to the Celtics that that's his plan. He's not. He is going to... He's going to play this thing up. And you and why not? And why not? You might as well. You might you got no choice. You can't become a free agent until the summer of 2019. But when that gets closer and that creeps up, you meet with Danny Ainge in March and you say, "Eh, I'm I I really miss home. I really want to go home." That's the first time Kyrie Irving really wanted to go home. Don't be naive. Kyrie Irving was gone. Kyrie Irving was going... The, the more you put this all together, Kyrie Irving, what I get from it, Irving wanted, was set on signing with Brooklyn in the summer of 2019. He was set on going home in the summer of 2019 when he demanded a trade from Cleveland. That's it. The Celtics were just a way for him to get out of Cleveland. Okay? To get out of Cleveland. That's all that was. So, um... That's where we are with Kyrie. But, you know, I just, I think he knew. He knew in Cleveland he was going to a certain spot in the summer of 2019. Did he have two spots in mind? Three? Maybe. But he he didn't just start missing home in March when he told Danny Ainge. He didn't. He didn't. And if you believe that's when he first started if you say, well, it doesn't match up with all the other things he said. Well, he's not coming up. What makes him, why does he have to tell anyone the truth publicly? These guys don't always tell the truth when they're on the record. Sometimes I think we buy into certain players so much, especially in this town, and players that, that maybe we want to want to be here. We want a certain player to want the Celtics. We want certain players to want to be in Boston. We want all-star elite talent to want to love it here. So much so that I think we brainwash ourselves into thinking that when they tell us they want to be here, we believe them. Why? If you're Kyrie Irving, you know, you could be mad at him standing in front of season ticket holders saying, I want to stay in Boston if you'll have me. But what? why does he have to tell the truth there? All he has to play it off is, is like, oh, does it change your heart? Wasn't a change of heart. He lied to you. He lied to Danny Ainge. And the minute he started telling the truth just a little bit was in March when he was like, eh, I kind of want to go home. Kyrie Irving just started becoming homesick in March? No. Nope. He was always going home. That's the way I look at it. And he went home. And the Celtics are now with Kemba Walker and Ennis Kanta. And... 
I mean, you know, we can try to build up Kemba Walker as much as we want as being the anti-Kyrie, and this is such a good story. All oh, the Celtics, it's positivity, positivity. The only thing that's going to change the Celtics' positivity, or at least the way we all feel about the Celtics in this town, is what they do in the playoffs. Is Kemba Walker, can he be better than Kyrie Irving in the playoffs? Can he help the Celtics to a championship in the playoffs? Can he help the Celtics to go in deep in the second round in the playoffs? I, I just don't know. I just don't know that he will. I think we're, we've, we've made Kemba Walker into being somebody I think he's not because of the Kyrie hate, because all this Kemba Walker's the anti-Kyrie. He's all about positivity. He's a good teammate. You know, he's going to, him and Brad Stevens, you know, you, you know Danny Ainge adores Kemba, the, the UConn. You know, he watched him when he played and won in UConn. Um, eh. Is he a max contract guy? I don't, I don't think he should be. The money that's being spent, I guess that's how you justify it. Everybody's getting money. And so you might as well spend it on someone, right? But really, the Celtics' success this season is going to come down to what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown become. That's it. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. Because the plan has always been to take the Brooklyn picks and turn it into superstar power. Uh, Tatum and Brown going to be superstars? If they are, the Celtics, well, then maybe we'll, we'll love Kemba Walker a little bit more this summer, next summer. But we're going to have to watch the games to find out. Um, but that's just some of the thoughts on Kyrie Irving. I think we got to move on from Kyrie, and we just need the season to begin. But before that, we're going to get the NFL season to begin. And uh, I'll just close it out with this quick thought on Gronk. I don't need to really... I, I've hit on Gronk a lot lately. And I told you uh, in the last couple shows, all these reports of Gronk playing catch with Brady in L.A. at UCLA's campus, I told you Gronk is already itching to come back. He's already itching to come back. I told you Gronk is... It's not a question of if Gronk's going to come back and play for the Patriots next season at some point. It's just a matter of when. He's coming back. And I've said that to you from the beginning. Well, some people are putting a percentage on it. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, puts a 40% chance on it. According to a source close to Gronk, Mike Florio says, there's a 40% chance Gronk retires. Now, in fairness to Florio, I don't think he came up with that percentage. The source did. How did the source come up with that number? I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. I guess the way they calculate it is, well... It's not 50-50 yet, so we'll go a little under 50, and we'll just pick 40. Whatever. Now you get all these people like, oh, they said 40? It must meet 100. Welcome to the club that thinks Gronk is 100% coming back next season, okay? Welcome to reality. Welcome to common sense. Welcome to the common sense club where we believe that Rob Gronkowski is not actually retired at the age of 30. And that this is some type of negotiation with the Patriots in which the Patriots will also accept the negotiation because they know that when Gronk does get back, he will be healthy because he will have missed and rested for most of the season rather than take a beating for 16 regular season games. And oh yeah, speaking of 16 regular season games, the NFL has proposed an 18-game regular season where they also put a limit on the number of games that NFL players can play, saying, well, they can only play 16 games in this new 18-game regular season. That is never going to pass. The only way it passes is if the league 
is if the players financially benefit from that, and that's not going to happen because the only reason the league is adding two more games to the regular season schedule is to make more money, not lose more of it to the players. <laughs> okay? So, in a, in a world of money, the NFL wants more of it, the players want more of it, they're never going to agree on an 18-game season. And the players are never going to agree on any, any deal or any contract in which owners and the teams put a number on how many games the players can play. They're just never going to let the teams control how many games they can play. Whether it's a minimum or a max, it doesn't matter. If you're going to put an 18-game schedule schedule, and you're telling players, well, you can only play 16 of those 18, players are never going to agree to that because it's just the teams control, all of a sudden control the game, the number of games that they play. That's They're never going to agree to that. They're never going to agree to that. So, um, you know, the NFL wants money. They also want to bump the season back two weeks because they want the Super Bowl on President's Day weekend to have the Super Bowl on the President's Day Sunday where the next day's a holiday. Like, that's what they want to. Um, but it's just the, the Players Association is never going to agree with it. Right? They're never going to. But anyways, I digress. Rob Gronkowski, people saying 40% chance he'll unretire and play for the Patriots next year. If you've listened to me, you know how I feel and how I felt for a long time. You want a percentage on Gronk if he's going to play or not next year? It's 110%. He will play next year for the New England Patriots. Not a question of if, just a question of when. That's it. Gronk will be back. And all these other people now are going to tell you he, he's coming back. You know where you heard it first. Here on the Danny Picard Show. Get this show at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard uh, next week. I don't know if there'll be some Major League Baseball trade rumors. We're getting closer to the trade deadline. If there are, I'll react to that. Um, Patriots training camp begins next week. So whatever we have coming out of training camp next week, I'll react to that as well. You got the British Open this weekend. You got the Pacquiao-Thurman fight. I'll be watching that this weekend as well. And in the boxing world, I'll keep my eyes... And he is on the news of who Canelo will fight next, who Triple G will fight next. You know, I'm all in on that middleweight division. Uh, will it be Demetrius Andrade fighting one of those two guys? Will Canelo actually get an agreement to step up to the light heavyweight division and fight Sergey Kovalev? I have my eyes on that, but I guess you could say it's a big fight weekend because you do have Pacquiao versus Thurman uh, for the, what, the welterweight champion? championship that Thurman has so I'll be watching that fight I'll react to it on Monday and anything else that happens in the world of sports I'll react to it have a great weekend everybody I am out talk to you on Monday (laughs) 